What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's going on, No Bad Dog Army? Welcome back to the number one dog training podcast. The No Bad Dogs podcast with me. Tom Davis, hope you guys are well. Um, just spent, well, first of all, this podcast is with another person that is on the verge of euthanizing their dog and they need serious, serious help. So we're going to, there is no, in my opinion anyway, the conversations that I have with these people are all extremely uh, beneficial, but they're all extremely different. They all have different things because it's like life or death. It's not just... I want to. I want to optimize. I want to get better. I have questions. This is like, should I keep my dog alive or not? So, young Shiba Inu, uh, this individual, like anybody that is on the verge of doing this, is reaching out desperately for help, and I'm glad that people do. Um, so, it's going to be another amazing podcast. We just came out with a brand new professional tug. So, if you guys want to purchase that before it sells out, like the treat pouch did that we're trying to restock, you can get the link below. Grab yours while you can. It's a no bad dog tug. I worked on it for months to get right. I extended the arm on it uh, last minute. I also made sure that it was big enough, but not too big. Click the link below. Uh, it's interactive. It's not a chew toy. Somebody said, well, my dog always chews everything up. This isn't that. This is a way to play with your dog effectively and safely, um, like you see in all of my videos, and you'll see in the future. We're also coming to the UK next month. Woo, it's August next month, which I'm really excited about. And we're also doing, uh, we have one more ticket for an intimate, uh, intimate in a very small space way um, with me. And it's going to be a level up program. So we have one ticket left, which is essentially you coming in uh, to basically doing like a little snack in a restaurant privately with me in a room um, with other people and other professionals. I think Will Atherton's going to be there as well. Um, it's just a Q&A. And it's about business, it's about life, it's about dog training, it's about your dog. There is no, there. Is, you don't have to have anything necessarily to be there. You just have to get your spot. There's one left. Uh, and then we have some tickets left for auditing. And I think we have working spot tickets left, which is very surprising. But this is the last month to, well, we're getting down to the wire. I'd love to meet you guys in the UK. Every seminar I do is absolutely just game changing. And I can't wait to come over there to meet you guys. And I can't wait to spend the weekend with you guys and talk dogs and laugh and cry and love. And I'm so excited. Link in the description below. Um, I'm going to be answering three of your dog training podcasts as well. So if you guys like this podcast, you listen to it, please do us a solid favor. This is absolutely for free. It takes a ton of time out of my day, but I love doing it. Leave us a review. And I'm also answering questions in the review. So I'll see you at the end of the podcast. Enjoy everybody. Uh, honestly, I'm a little bit, I'm like, it, this is going to be a hard one for you, Tom. Well, I'm excited to get I'm in. a little bit like distressed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I apologize for being late. Maybe. I lost complete track no, of time. That's fine. No, that's totally fine. And then I, I went back to the email. I'm like, are they saying, and it said EDT, but I'm like, I never received a phone call. I'm like, I'm EST, so I'm like, 
You guys are an hour and a half. I'm like, did I miss it completely or yada, yada, yada? Nope. Nope. I just, uh, I just been traveling last, I don't know, six months, it seems, no but I, I, I completely I understand. I understand. So what's going on? Uh, yeah. Um, I have, I'm at a point where I have a Sheba. He is a year and I'd say four months now. Mm-hmm. And it's gotten to a point where I think um, his behavior is kind of neurotic to the point where I'm thinking about euthanasia, but I'm trying to do everything I can before I come to a decision. I'm like, maybe it's my handling or maybe I really want it to be something that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to like figure it out and talk to people. I've talked to my vet. They said, maybe it's time, but I'm like, no, I want to explore all my options before I even make a decision. Sure. Um, so when you say neurotic, what is the, what is your dog's, what, what's going on? Um, so he has an extensive fight history and, um, he's gone after me, my family multiple times. And it started since he was like a young puppy. So we had blood work done from him. Um, since I think maybe he was like four months and already had blood work done to see if there's anything in his brain, came back clean, um, do you want me to start like the progression of everything on where to the, like to the point where it's gotten now? Yeah, sure. Um, when he, when he yeah. was, did you get him as a puppy? Like as a, as a, you know, eight, nine yeah, week old? Yeah, I got him at eight weeks. Okay. Yeah, I got him at eight weeks. Okay. And then, um, so I started off, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, that's what I was going to ask is when did the aggression start and things start happening? Yeah. So we got him, I got him at eight weeks, brought him home. Um, so for like backstory, um, He's my dog, but I still live at home. Um, so there's my brother, my mother, and a father that still live in the house with me. So I brought him home, eight weeks. Uh, he's good for, say, a month or two, mouthing a little bit, but that was just puppy one, teasing a lot. Um, that was okay. And then it got to the point where, well, we started noticing it more, where it happened one day where he came up to me and sat at my feet. And then if I moved... He went after my legs. Um, like, like, and when I say went after it, it's not like a bite and release. It's like a bite, 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 bite until I could get a collar onto him and then put him off. That was like the first incident. Okay. Um, he started doing, yeah, so he started doing, I'm like, maybe it was like a one-off thing. He was scared or whatever. This is my first dog. And I'm like, okay. So after that, we're a bit more cautious obviously more cautious like i don't this is not going to happen again um but then it started happening to the point where it was around like my family like he'd do that thing so at that point he was no longer allowed to be around them like the leash was on him 24 7 um so then it then it transitioned from that to essentially um so then he became like aggressive around his food bowl so we stopped i stopped um like he was hand fed continuously and he's still, he's still hand fed now because there's just so many problems. He doesn't get a bully stick or he doesn't get any treats unless he's in his crate walked away. Um, so that started happening. So I worked through that problem, the possession around like sitting by someone's feet and then getting up to move that kind of died down or that, I mean, like we worked through the problem where I did this thing where if he used to do that, I would get up right away like Koi, come 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 and then just try to like kind of distract them and make sure that situation never happened so that eventually stopped 
Um, another thing that happened that we worked through the problem with was if we're in the living room, this is still after the fact, so he's always on a leash. Um, if someone was to come up to the door, um, he'd get all alert, eyes would ears perk up, um, looking straight at the back door. And then he would charge at the person that he was sitting closest to. I have video footage of one time of this happening because it was to the point where it was like unexpected. So those were triggers where we're like, we can train through this like this. And then I've done that. So we started working with a trainer early. His obedience is fantastic. I can walk him down the neighborhood off leash. He's e-collar conditioned. Um, I don't like his obedience is fairly well in my opinion, but so that, that was happening. So we work, we were, I've worked that problem out, but then it comes to the stuff where it's really scary where I, there was the one time where I'm in my room. Um, I'm just chilling on my bed. He's in the room with me. He comes up onto the bed and then he essentially was like trying to maul me. That's kind of what it was where there's, it was just growl, growl, bite, 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 not let go. This is like a crazy. He had like the call, like the leash on him so I could pull him away, but it was like going after me. And it was like to the point where I was like, Oh, I'm not expecting this. Like I wasn't ready for the situation. I'm like, he just hopped on my bed and went after me. And yeah. that was crazy. Um, so he's no longer allowed. So after that point, he's no longer allowed on my bed. while someone else was on there. He's never been allowed on the couch. Um, he's had issues there. Um, so there's like a mix between we, there's triggers that he has that we've been able to train through. And then there's the scary stuff like the other day. So then we have like a, I had just like the last little while I had a two month period where we had no incidents. I was really on top of this training. No, nothing happening. He's able to play with my family. He's not going after anyone. Like he's totally okay. And then two days ago, actually, this is like, after I've already booked this appointment. So we went out in the morning. Um, we went to the dog. Well, not so with my trainer right now, um, whenever I was walking him, he'd always get like super excited around dogs. So my trainer, she has worked with behavioral case in the past and she has dogs of her own. So, and she has like a run, like a dog run in her backyard. So what we did was we we're just trying to like desensitize him to the dog. So she'd put the dogs in like the run. And then I'd bring Coyle into the backyard and then they'd sniff and then she'd be supervising, bring him in. We'd do walking around in circles, not letting the dog like interact, just healing them around. And then we finally let them sniff butts and then that was okay. So what she recommended to me was just take him to a dog park. Don't obviously never go inside, but just walk along the fence and just heal him and, you know, practice that. So whenever we see a dog on the road, he's fine. The only problem for like the reason we're doing that is sometimes he would get hyper if other dogs started barking at him, but if the dog was fine, he would just not even care. But I wanted to get the getting too excited when another dog was barking under control. So we've been doing that. So that day we're out, we're doing some training. We did that, went to the park, played fetch, all the stuff. He's running around, super smiley. And then get home, put him into my room. Uh, this is, I thought to do something. So I didn't put him into straight, just in my room. He still had the collars on because of all, because of all the stuff. I have to keep it on, like as like, just in case, like precautionary. Um, I come in, sit on my computer. He comes up to me, like I'm at my desk. I'm sitting on my chair. He comes up to me. Uh, mouth is closed. 
And then I'm like, oh, okay. He's asking for pets. Um, it's I've been able, like, he's done that in the past. He's been totally okay. Pet him once, pet him twice. And then just, like, and then he just goes ham on my hands where it's bite, 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 bite. And it was unfortunate that I had just put his, uh, like, the remote for his e-collar just out of reach where it was, like, I just had to push him off with the hands and then grab, like, the remote then. It was very unfortunate. And it was, like, there was no warning signs, no growling, no nothing, just right to attacking my hand. And that's kind of where we're at, where there's, like, some, there's certain situations where there's no warning signs, there's no growling, there's no nothing, or he just, like, he just, just goes for it and it's like I don't know how to train that away or what steps should I take to kind of Mm -hmm. manage more than what I'm already doing so I would say typically when these situations happen it's it's either neurotic or it's it's some sort of uh, relationship thing now when he's biting your hands is he drawing blood is he putting you into the hospital what's happening uh, well, if he's, if there's con, like I have scars all over my body. Um, there's, it's, he's drawing blood and he's fighting hard. He hasn't had to send me to the hospital cause he's, he's a Shiba. Like he can't do that much harm. Like he'll break skin and it's painful and it's scary and it's, it's crazy, but it's never to the point where like, he'll never send me to the hospital, but, but it's, he's like, he's like fucked up my hand. Like, like yesterday yeah. he like. Not yesterday, but the two days ago, like my hands are like fucked up. Like if I sent you pictures, or we're on Facetime, like you could see just the mm-hmm. damage that he's done, and it's just not okay. And he's done that. He's like gone. So oh, another thing that I should mention. Um, so there's been times where during the two months, during that, during like the last two months, like I took time off work because I'm like, hey, this dog is. I need to do something about this because it's not sustainable. It's not fair to my family. It's not. So I took time off work. I'm still off work right now. And I fully focused on, I'm like, Hey, I need to get, I need to do something. I need to train or do as much as I can because I don't want to give up on them. But mm-hmm. it's, I'm getting to the point where it's like, is it, is it even something I can train away? So, so within that two months, he's muzzle trained as well. Um, within the house, we'll be fine. He'll be on his e-collar and stuff. And there was, and usually when no one else is in the house, that's when I drop the leash and I let him, you know, explore like the main area. I saw the remote in my hand. My brother came down unbeknownst. Like he didn't tell me that he was coming down. I've told my family, Hey, if you're going to come downstairs, just let me know. I'll grab the leash so I can manage the situation. Mm-hmm. He didn't let me, he didn't let me know. Came downstairs. Koi was in a, Koi was just in the kitchen with me. My brother walks into the living room, says a couple words to me, and then Koi bolts right for him, goes for his legs, drew blood, pretty deep gashes, and then, you know, it was just like, it was so fast, there was no warning sign, no growl, no nothing, it was like a, mm-hmm. right from a down into bolts, right, bolts right at him, to bite him. Okay. When, That's when, kind of like, when yeah. these things are happening, what, what do you do? Mm-hmm. What, what's your game plan? So like, like, well, like, so this one was like completely, I was just, I'm like, yo, this is not going to happen. I didn't expect anyone to be down there. 
So it might've been my fault that I'm not on it, but usually it's as soon as he gets up to go, because there's been times where I'm holding the leash. I'm like, okay, maybe we can do something. And then I would, I correct him on the e-collar as soon as he got up from like, say if he was in a down, I correct him right there before he would get to the person. And then he's responded that way before, like where he stopped and it's like, oh, okay. But like, so that was the situation. I'm like, I got him. But this one, it was like, it was, I didn't know my brother was down there. And then Coy just went before I could do anything. What um, it- so, so that, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, so in, in, in incidences where, where you're talking about here in the recent past, mm-hmm. uh, has mm-hmm. he been corrected for these things or is he just going, going yeah. right at it? No, he's, he's been, no, he's been corrected for these things and then he stopped while the corrections like been in time. So it's happened once before. And then after that, I'm like, okay, no, if he's going to be around people, he's going to be muzzle trained so if it was to get up i can correct him right away and don't have mm-hmm. to worry about him drawing blood right so he's we've done the muzzle training so we i can put it on him and that's okay and it's like, totally fine he just gets mopey all the time so while like all this happening i'm like no whenever he's going to be around other people in the house so i should just preface this by saying he is the most perfect dog whenever we're not at my house he's been desensitized to patios we've been going to the mall we go to the park all the time, exercise. He's completely like, I, I'd say like, he's like almost perfect when we're not at the house. Okay. Like all his problems are just so, like either in the backyard or inside the house. And it, so that's kind of what leads me to like, is it really or not neurotic or is it just something in my handling that I'm not able to get? Yeah, it's probably probably more of that. It's probably more, to me. It seems like it's more relationship and and okay and that sort of thing. Because if you're not seeing it, okay. other it, uh, behavior in dogs, like one of the first things anybody should ask themselves, especially if they're having problems with their mm-hmm. dog behaviorally, is mm-hmm. if it's not consistent into one. Mm-hmm place or the other like if your dog is reacting only under certain circumstances that means that that mm-hmm. environment is what's causing the behavior or or okay. in some cases that environment may be the only time the dog feels comfortable vulnerable insecure fearful enough to react so when we talk about behavioral euthanasia we talk about a dog that can not is not safe to the general public and their life is mm-hmm. uh, not good and they're not having a good time okay. at life but the fact mm-hmm. that you can bring your dog out to patios and other places and other people's homes and parks and whatever the case is and not have any incidences tells us that mm-hmm. it's it's more situational and environmental than anything because okay. if you That's, were I'm really glad to I'm really glad to hear that now that's just historical, right? So again, yeah. like let's say we have a and again I'm looking at this from my point of view. Okay, we have a dog that is biting people, biting you, biting uh family members. And then you're like mm-hmm. the this the only time this has happened is in my home. And in fact, when I mm-hmm. take my dog off property, he is the best dog ever and has no problem. So yeah. that means mm-hmm. that there's something going on other than the worst case scenario of having like a neurotic 
screw okay. that's loose in, in my opinion in my mm-hmm. experience and in my opinion which are the same thing uh, yeah no that's that's why i'm calling you yeah so that's a good indicator of a variable of oh well my dog is only it's kind of like i don't there's an unbelievable amount of things that i could relate this to but it's like yeah you know my mm-hmm. muscle only gets my muscle my muscle only hurts when i do this one thing i'm like okay can so mm-hmm. so so that means your muscle doesn't hurt any other thing so the number one thing that's making mm-hmm. your muscle hurt is this one thing like yes i'm like all right we need to work on this mm-hmm. particular thing so we don't do that motion so we don't you know whatever so it's it's a very isolated very pinpointed thing and that's and again mm-hmm. from a behavioral standpoint that's good and if the question of behavior euthanasia i mean Again, if it's like, oh no, my dog has the ability to be very successful everywhere else but home, then that tells you that that's a mm-hmm. there's there's something there's some sort of thing that's throwing off and dehinging your ecosystem at home, and that's why these things are happening. There could be there's yeah. probably I would say off the top of my head like three to five you know big things okay. that typically happen because of that, but that's just my point of view from the far out looking mm-hmm. in. Totally. Um, so like what kind of things would I be like looking at there? Like what kind of, like what are some of like the biggest yeah. things that would cause like such an unbalance in the relationship? It would be strong. It would be, um, it'd be bad. It'd be the, the relationship between your dog and, and whoever should be, making decisions and and that's a i don't okay i i say that lightheartedly about like whoever's in charge because whoever's in charge i don't know it just doesn't mm-hmm. sound that great but the reality is is like let's yeah. say this is your kid and you're having friends and family over and then your kid decides to get up mm-hmm. and haul off and just smack somebody over the head with a baseball bat your mm-hmm. responsibility because it's your son or your daughter you're the mm-hmm. one who should say hey what do you think you're doing and then the response yeah. to that thing, and, and I'm putting it in human psychology for a reason because it's the easiest thing to explain. Mm-hmm. You're, let's say you're the only person there responsible, whatever. You have friends mm-hmm. over, your kid gets up to go wallop somebody over the head with a baseball bat. I don't think anybody else mm-hmm. in the group is going to be like, uh, you should say, hey, what are you doing? Stop. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. so there's one, that's the one thing. The second thing is, mm-hmm. is, does your dog at that point respond to you? Like what's the response? And again, I'm putting this into human psychology. Let's say the kid turns mm-hmm. around, sticks his tongue out, whoosh, wax, wax your buddy over the head with a baseball bat and says, yep, mm-hmm. I don't care. That's the problem typically. Yeah. So to answer your question, mm-hmm. that is typically the problem. Uh, I've done okay. so many of these sessions and things and that's typically the problem. I mean, I, I've done a, recently did a podcast last week about how dogs get to where your dog is at. And then the Mm -hmm. very other next day ish, literally somebody was like, I did every single thing that you said to not do in your last podcast. And now I'm, Mm -hmm. I I canceled the appointment to euthanize my dog today. So it's Mm -hmm. a, I've actually listened. I listened to that one. I listened to, I listened to all your podcasts and the reason that, I'm calling is because he knows, like he will go in place. Uh, he, we have boundary work. We have everything I can like, so there's been times where 
he's gotten up just to like walk around mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, maybe this is like something going on and I can just recall him and then he'll come sit by me. But I don't want to like, yeah, just continue. I'm just saying like, I look, I've listened to that same podcast that you're talking to. I'm talking about, and I just, the, the, the things that you've talked about in the podcast were just like, just basic obedience. Corey, he has all that even in the house. Yeah. Well, there's, it, there's much more to it than the basic okay. obedience. There's, okay. there's, that's the first step is the mm-hmm. basic obedience. But again, mm-hmm. <clears throat> why do, why do some dogs unravel this way? Hey, well, first of all, mm-hmm. I should say, okay. I, for, I should say, Sheba's are notorious for being a extremely, extremely difficult dog to train. I have said since I've yep. been in this professional career that I'm in that they are the top hardest breed dogs to train, period. And mm-hmm. I've said that consistently mm-hmm. over the years. So that's the first thing. They are mm-hmm. very challenging. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Secondly to that, he's young enough. Is he? You said he is fixed, right? Yeah, I got him fixed uh, as soon as I think is what, six months, the earliest? Yeah. Whatever was the best, the earliest that he's allowed to get fixed, he was fixed. Yeah. That's good. And he, but he's also at this adolescent stage too, which is kind of, mm-hmm. you know, like a teenager. And so he'll see these things yeah. start to spark up. But anyway, going back to the, to the basic obedience, it's, it's, it's more than just basic obedience. It's sometimes when you have a dog that doesn't like other people. So let's just refrain and say, okay, your dog doesn't like other people or whatever. So that yeah. means you do what a lot of other people do when they have reactive dogs is you have to manage the systems around you. And to some it's mm-hmm. overwhelming to others. It's just kind of an inconvenience and to others they're, they're happy mm-hmm. that they have found a system that they can keep their dog alive with because they're great with them. But mm-hmm. when situations yeah. do alter, so I always talk about having the most aggressive dog in the world, but also having the control. So again, like mm-hmm. somebody comes down the stairs, your dog flies off the hinges. You have to be able to stop that in that moment and or make sure you have clear boundaries with the people that you're living with because that's that's the other thing too Mm -hmm. that i personally think that this is probably 35 percent of the problem is you're living in a so again like you said like this doesn't exist outside the home which tells me that if you moved out none of this would we wouldn't be having this conversation Mm -hmm. and then also too uh, you know, the other side to that or the the other flip of the coin is simple is if you are going to stay where you're at, there has to be stricter rules on your, your end with the dog. And then of course, with the people that you live with. And again, yeah, I'm just the middleman here. I'm like, I, I have zero idea if you have 75 people living with you and they're all, you know, irresponsible yeah. or not. I, that doesn't matter to me as much as that's just kind of beyond this conversation that you'll you know have with yourself later on of like how is that going to be possible and is it going to be possible because that's to me like I always think about it to be honest because there's a dog that lives at my facility his name is Hawk mm-hmm. he does not like people he doesn't know he adores to know and the people he does know and it's it's an unbelievable mm-hmm. contrast and to be honest I haven't really seen it before but um, we've tried them in other homes and it, it doesn't work. With me, I always think in the back of my head, man, I wonder if I can just bring him home because he loves me, he loves my wife, but 
and he loves my dog. Yeah. But I know with my revolving door of a house, it, it would never work. And so I know that I would never bring that dog yeah. into my home because he would be put down because he would ultimately, I mean, even before that, he would hurt somebody. So I guess my point is, is you just have to make those decisions on your personal end of, you know, like, what is it worth or, and, or to, to me, judging by what you're telling me and, or the other thing is, is rehoming the dog before euthanasia, because what you're telling mm-hmm. me is, is this doesn't happen anywhere else. So if somebody else restarted a life with this dog and the dog's like, okay, whew, I'm out of that situation and it doesn't happen. Yeah. Great. Because. Mm-hmm. That is a very real thing in this conversation only because it's only in this one place. Mm-hmm. And so that one place creates the problem. That's the variable. That's the okay. trigger. Now, why that is, again, you'll mm-hmm. have to continue to peel off layers. But again, um, I think management is a big piece to what you're dealing with and just making mm-hmm. sure like you're treating this dog like a trained police dog. Like that's how I, I would be mm-hmm. treating him like a trained police dog at my son's third birthday party and he's in the house and I'm like yeah. okay. on top good. of it <laughs> or, and, or just like, yeah. you're going to go in a place where nobody can find you and vice versa. So it, it but yeah. you don't, okay. you, you have a one in almost year and a half year old Sheba that if he does bite you, it mm-hmm. sucks, but it's not like gonna kill you you know that's the advantage here that's nice but i would just say like going back to your obedience again like what you're Mm -hmm. saying is and and i understand what you're saying is like oh his obedience is great but i'm also saying like his obedience is great until it's not because he's running after the guy coming down the stairs and you're saying hey come and he's he flips you off and bites your bite your brother or whatever so it's like okay your obedience is good until you actually need it and then that's where i also help owners reflect Mm -hmm. on I understand what you're saying. Trust me, I've heard it so much. And Mm -hmm. and usually people are right. I'm like, yes, you have better than average obedience. But obedience, when you have a dog that makes bad decisions, especially aggressive decisions, Mm -hmm. your obedience has to be 99.9 on lock. And right now it's not. Because if he really wants to go, you can't stop him. So so I would argue and go back to the basics of, well, I did call him and he said no. And he, so if, if your obedience mm-hmm. was where it needed to be, especially for a dog like mm-hmm. this, that wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Same okay. thing with some of the other stuff that you've said about no couches, no furniture, that obviously is going to curb him coming up and trying to beef with you for whatever reason. I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah. Um, I think that that's like my big, like my biggest concern ever was, um, in my room, him coming up and then attacking, no warning, no nothing. This is after... A giant play session. Uh, this is after a lot of training. He's trained. I mean, like, we just, it's like, it's not that he's not mentally stimulated because we do a lot of work. We do a lot of, a lot of healing, a lot of like right side or like, I think that's like my, my biggest concern is like the stuff around like what happens. I'm like, okay, if I see him charging, we can train that away. And that's not something that I'm going to shy away from. I think the biggest concern for me was him coming up in my room no growl, no nothing, and then went right for my hand. I think mm-hmm. that was like the biggest thing. It's like, how do I, like, how do I prepare myself for, or how do I like, how do I like train yeah. that away? Like, yep. And that, like, that's like, think that's what I want to learn. I'm like, if I can get that down, then I have no problem managing him because that's what I've been doing. No one else yeah. really interacts with him. I take him out in the morning. We do it. I tire him out 
two hours. We'll do walks and then we'll go and then we'll play and then we'll come back. And then he goes into my room or I'll put him into his crate for a little bit so he can chill out. And mm-hmm. then I'll leave him in there for an hour and a half or whatever. And then we'll go out for a little mini walk in the, in the, like my neighborhood or I have a pretty good backyard. So I'll leave him out there for a little, an hour. We can play around, we play with the hose, whatever. So it's, and then whenever he comes in, I'm always, he's always on a leash. He's always handled. I think it was, that incident was just, I just was not expected for it. Cause I, I told him my family members, hey, if you're coming downstairs, just let me know, please, so mm-hmm. we can work on it. But I, I, just the thing that scared me, or it just, like, concerned me, was, like, the no warning signs, no triggers or whatever, and then coming up and get me. It's like, how do I address mm-hmm. that? Yeah, no, I totally get it. I'm with you. Uh, I would say that situation is very hard for me to answer because okay. what I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just giving you a real answer is hard because that's a situation where I would really need to see what had happened because again you know dog owners are like out of nowhere and this is what happens and I've just learned over experience that that's I I get that kind of Mm -hmm. loop often and and I'm and I'm not saying that that that's wrong or it's it's not correct I'm just saying Mm -hmm. that there's a lot of things that even for you, even if you were to replay it and be like, oh, yeah. there was whatever, or not, or there's like mm-hmm. no, nothing. But to me, if you yeah. were to stop me on the streets and say, Tom, I have a, I have this dog at home that loves me and I love him, and he jumped up on my bed and started going after me, I would just say that mm-hmm. that, that has to be – there's no rhyme or reason. So I'm not going to – first of all, it's inappropriate yeah. and it never should have happened, and that's not normal, and I'm not yeah. – trying to advocate for that or even lean into that being like, well, you could have like, cause there's a lot of things that I do say, you know, well, that's, that is your fault or half of your fault or some of your fault or whatever. Yeah, in yeah. This situation, there's, there's nothing of your, there's nothing that you did was wrong. But if, mm-hmm. if you were to say what could have triggered this type of thing, I, I don't, mm-hmm. I would say that, the, well, the first thing I would say is your relationship when a dog comes up and bites you mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. to matter. I mean, that has to be a role here. Like okay. no dog yeah. in their right mind, which is key, mm-hmm. would go up and do that to somebody. I've, But I have yeah. seen dogs punk their owners, push their owners, mm-hmm. take advantage of their owners, and more importantly, in some cases, pick on their owners because mm-hmm. – they're brats and they don't have a good relationship with their owner or they don't have a healthy relationship with their owner. And so some dogs, you could have the work and let me give you perspective from a dog guru, if you will. Mm -hmm. Some dogs you could have, and this is most of my clients, you could have the worst relationship with your dog possible and have zero behavioral issues and you get really lucky. So you could be the, yeah. the the type that's like in the podcast that you heard was like I love my dog I coddle my dog I baby my dog I give my don't I give my dog no structure no no leadership no guidance the dog is mm-hmm. a free for all forever and then they fall apart but yeah. some 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 people do that and their dog doesn't they're just like oh okay I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing in life but I have a heartbeat and I'm just gonna yeah. live until twelve 
mm-hmm. and you know there's no f- yeah. fulfillment there's no purpose it's just whatever that does happen mm-hmm. yeah. but in your case again like it's something that i think if you're already working with a trainer i don't know what you've exhausted and where your relationship is at with this person but mm-hmm. to me like I'd really have to see the dog's relationship with you and how you're handling. But if that, if I were to, if I had mm-hmm. to answer that question, I would say it's not appropriate. Never should have happened. I don't really have an answer for you, but I will say that Yeah, I have seen relationships get to a point where the dog is just bored and they're actively picking on people. I've seen them like a cat. Okay. They'd go up to a cat, mm-hmm. push him with their nose. The cat would run. They'd chase the cat. It's kind of like a gaslighting thing. Mm-hmm. The dog gets on the bed. Yeah. You don't so if you look at if you look at the way that dogs sometimes and that's why it's very granular and it's very contextual mm-hmm. if you will. Some dogs let's mm-hmm. say there's a dog sleeping on a couch. And let's say it's a young yep. year and a half year old dog. And then the 10-year-old dog comes mm-hmm. up, gets on the couch. The other dog might get down and walk away and go sleep on a bed or or sleep somewhere else. Mm-hmm. We could all yeah. think and talk and chew the fat about like well it could be because it's a then and then it's like who really knows but i i have personally seen that often it's where mm-hmm. another dog comes up and the other dog or even the other animal it's a cat or something should just leave the area and they don't if mm-hmm. they don't there can be conflict now the con so the secondary mm-hmm. part to that the conflict can be very it, it is way more rare than the first part it is very common for yeah. one dog to be on a bed or a piece of furniture and then the other dog get up and the other dog just wakes up and goes away and says okay whatever and it's like mm-hmm. that in the animal kingdom and just in general it's like hey this is mine oh, okay it's mm-hmm. yours bye or whatever who really knows yeah. but <clears throat> so th- there there could be some light with that <clears throat> he gets on the bed your relationship is already to this point where you know it's it's already he's getting away with too much and he feels like he can do things and he wants to kick you off his bed so he thinks or whatever the case is and you don't and then he's like okay now i'm pissed but then you're like well he's never done that before he's, he didn't growl he didn't give me a warning he didn't even tell me to get off the bed and that's not really a personality i don't know but <clears throat> what i do know yeah. is is in a situation like that again like i'll reiterate when you have a dog that has these random act of bad behaviors and it's triggered mm-hmm. by a particular thing. Again, like your couch, mm-hmm. your bed, which you've already done. So this might be a waste of your time. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it, it, I've had dogs, it's been like a shoe where they're like, you know, when my, I had this one client way back in the day that their son would come mm-hmm. home from practice from a sport. It was a St. Bernard and he would yeah. attack the kid anytime he smelled like sweat, anytime he worked out. It was the weirdest. I'm like, what? Uh-huh. So my point is, is sometimes crazy. it's shoes. Yeah, it, it was crazy. Sometimes it's shoes. Yeah. Sometimes it's, um, you know, his, historically and typically it would be like bones, food dishes, water bowls, toys, where the dog would come up and say, that's mine, and then there would be a fight. I don't know for sure. But what I do know is, is if you yeah. if you can point out the trigger where you're like, this is this never has happened ever. My dog has never done this to me. But he has done yeah. it, and he's done it five times only under this circumstance. And then again, Mm -hmm. my point of view is being a realistic canine educator, whatever the hell you want to call me, because I'm really not a dog trainer. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, okay, can you take out the variable and the link that's causing 
all the bad shit? And you're like, yeah. I'm like, well, then let's just do that because we're going to waste so much time trying to figure out this, you know, cat dog Sheba (laughs) making these really weird decisions because that's Mm -hmm. just, you know, that's just the, but now if you see it in other places where it happens other places, that's a different story. But to me, again, reversing and and kind of going forward or reversing Mm -hmm. and going forward to me, if I have a dog that bites me in any way, shape or form, they're not getting Mm -hmm. affection on their terms. They're not getting close to me on their terms. It's very like, we're, we're going to go out and we're going to work and that's going to be our relationship. So when you're that's kind of what it's, yeah. Sorry, I think that's kind of like what it's been like for the at least for the last I want to say I want to say like last like 4 months where the relationship is like okay, so never we never cuddle. Uh that I mean that just might that's just a Shiba thing, but like regardless mm-hmm. never no cuddling. We, I mean, he's not allowed to do that. He's not allowed to do anything. He doesn't jump up on people. Um he's pretty neutral when guests come over. That's not a problem. So it's, I, I guess my question is, how do I build a better relationship with my dog? Or what are some exercises that I can do to kind of, you know, I, we, reset our relationship? Because mm-hmm. maybe that is a thing because it is only in the house. Like I can go to a beach and I can downstay him and then I can walk 30 feet one way and he's not going to move a muscle when there's other dogs running around, there's kids running around mm-hmm. and then, like I just I guess how do I reset my relationship in the house? Yeah, because outside, like he's great, he's great in the car. Like, well, I think it's just fantastic. In, I just yeah, I I personally think it's just the house. I mean, like you said, like the beach, the car, out like everything that's good about this dog happens outside of the house, and everything that's bad about this dog that's that's deadly to this mm-hmm. dog at this moment is inside the house. So I would agree with that. I yeah I yeah I just need to I need some some way to I guess it's like yeah just restart the relation like we because another thing that i should mention and i talked about my vet deal like i went to the vet yesterday and um so i said something about him like he is like this is something i've noticed about koi now is like if he doesn't want to be if he doesn't want to be touched like it's very obvious well like i mean like if he's in his crate no one's bothering him he just doesn't really like to be touched in general and i think the reason that i've discovered that when he was a puppy he didn't like strangers coming up to him. And I'm like, that's fine. Cause but he do the little play bell and then they try to pet him. I'm like, Oh no, he just, he just wants to play bell. And then he just doesn't want, he wants to tell you to fuck off. Like don't mm-hmm. touch me. So that's kind of like where it is where I'm like, okay, I understand. So no one like, no one pets him really. Like I've understood that he doesn't really want to be pet unless it's like people he knows outside the house. And I'm like, yeah, if like, it's one of my friends that he's known since he was a puppy and we're out on a walk or whatever or in the car. I'm like, yeah, you can, you can pet him. Like I have, I have no worries outside the house. Like I want to tell you if I'm, we're on a walk or I'm at a park, I am, I am not stressed at all whatsoever. I'm still on top of everything. I still have his e-collar on. He's been conditioned on like a level four on the dog for 280C. So every time I ask him to come, like if he doesn't, I can reinforce that. But I guess it's just like, so he always licks his lips. So where I was getting to is that it, to me, he seems, it seems in the house, he's always nervous, but I don't know what reason he's had to become nervous. So my mm-hmm. vet recommended that we put him on Prozac. So today was the first day he got one capsule and we're going to try that maybe ease some sort of anxiety that he has, but I just don't, mm-hmm. I, I think I just need ways to kind of, you know, yeah. how do I make this dog less yeah. nervous or <clears throat> yep. I change would... what he thinks about the house? 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. It's, it's all good thinking. It's all good thinking. Uh, I would say limit the freedom that the dog has will be really helpful. <clears throat> I find that dogs that okay. are so, so again, like, X pens are going to be huge, uh, or they would be like, again, mm-hmm. if you were to say, Hey, here's this dog. And you just told me everything you just told me over the last 40 minutes, mm-hmm. this dog would mm-hmm. never, ever have free range in my house until he's proven to not only earn it, but deserve it as well. <laughs> and that, oh, yeah. and I don't I mean, preface, I, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I should just preface saying that when, like when he's like around right now, He's like tethered. He's tethered to me on a leash. Like he's he doesn't get to roam around the house yeah. free, ever. But I would put him away from you because you need to isolate what the problem is. Because you, there's a very okay. good, very good chance that you are the number one problem, a hundred percent. Okay. So if that's okay. the, so, again, like we look at okay, <clears throat> um, vulnerable situation. I mean, I don't know. Again, we can. T- I mean, this is the same thing. Yeah. I try to like steer away from when I, I don't want to, well, it could be these 10 things. I'll just try to go off what mm-hmm. I know for sure. And yeah, no. what I do know for yeah, sure is for there's a big opportunity, or I'm sorry, there's a big likelihood that this dog is, you know, maybe protective or whatever. I mean, <clears throat> that's, that's a huge mm-hmm. problem usually, especially for dogs in homes mm-hmm. that are again, like this Sheba's are just notorious for being very stubborn and bratty and pushy mm-hmm. and like they're they're like a cat yep. in a dog's body it's just how they are yeah a hundred percent so so again like i'd be moving away from that idea because if you are the problem okay. and then you make him get closer to you it could it could make things worse or it can um compound okay. all the things i would be putting mm-hmm. him away from you i'd be doing exact again the exact opposite i'd be getting this dog away from you as much as you can so it's the same type of mentality that i had with a couple okay. dogs i worked with um last month where the dog had separation anxiety so again like if a mm-hmm. dog has separation anxiety and codependency issues and the dog wants to be next to mm-hmm. me i'm not going to tether the dog to mm-hmm. me because that creates more of the problem and if your dog is becoming uh, more protective maybe resource guarding Mm -hmm. i know you talked about resource guarding the beginning of our conversation of being Mm -hmm. somewhat of a thing so again if it is you and being Mm -hmm. inside your house like the houses for dogs Mm -hmm. are just big crates like people don't realize that that dogs are animals and they look at their home as a as a big, it's not like, I mean, they have specific spots where they'll eat or they'll have specific spots where they'll sleep, Mm -hmm. but they will like, same thing with neighborhoods. When dogs go on neighborhoods and then they go outside of their own neighborhood, they're not reactive. And that's because they, they, that's why dogs mark and sniff and all these things. They have this big Mm kind of like the animals, like, you know, hawks and squirrels and deer. They all have this proximity that they all live in. And and dogs, a lot of times will kind of do the neighborhood is like, this is my home. And so anyway, my Mm -hmm. point is, is if you are in your home and your dog is resource guarding you, that could be, Mm -hmm. again, the compounding thing here. So X pen, which is, it's like a foldable little, um, area. Think about like a, like a playpen for a kid, like a child, like a kid, a baby. It's like that. You can get them virtually anywhere, um, anywhere that sells dog stuff. So yeah, yeah, I have I have one at home. I would be. That's what I would be doing. Is I would because what okay. it does is it does well maybe even three things. But the first thing is is it keeps everybody in your house. You don't have to worry about it. So you don't have to worry about the muzzle mm-hmm. making him feel like womp womp womp. And then you don't have to worry about yeah. the dog actually getting to anybody because there's the X pen. So. 
but okay. it but what it also does in my experience recently for sure is it creates more confidence with the dog uh, especially with the dog that is you know being a being many things uh, bratty insecure I don't, we don't really yeah. know and, and i don't really mm-hmm. know yet because this is such a complex thing but that's what i would be doing yeah. is it's tons of structure okay. and by structure it's more of routine based so okay the dog anytime that you're not training with the dog outside or inside i would be putting this dog in this x-pen and you can make this x-pen huge you can make it as big as you want okay i typically so would you would you so would you prefer him? Because right now, like whenever I have to leave the house or I need to do something where I'm like, I can't, I'm not watching him. Even just like sometimes throughout the day, I'm like, hey, I just need a break from boy. I'll just put him into my room. And like not even in the crate sometimes, but I'll just put him into my room. But if I have to leave the house or I just can't watch him, then he goes into his crate. So you're, so you're saying just act on like say in the living room or something or like in one of the laundry room, just like put the X pen in there and then. Yeah, I would um yeah, again I would be I mean that's the first thing I would do is just make this dog not feel like they are tethered to anything. And if your room is that place okay. of uh, you know, I don't know. I, I it, again yeah. I, I find a lot of dogs who are a one person dog in mm-hmm. a home of other people, their room becomes yeah, their space and you might want to start removing that of like, no, you're going to be, so you can put it anywhere. Uh, but, but again, like you have to think about the other people that live with you to make sure that it's not Mm -hmm. going to be inconvenient because to me, like I would just find a place in the living room, put the X pen on one end, Mm -hmm. put the other end up, put them in there, tell your family like, Hey, this is where he is. And then throughout the day you would Mm -hmm. go bring him out, train him, work with him. But I would just be treating this dog like a military Malinois or whatever okay. that because yeah. that's what he okay. needs is so so uh, going back about 15 minutes ago when you asked how can i restart things this is how you would restart things mm-hmm. you would take away the dog's freedom because he doesn't deserve it it's okay. going to get him killed yeah. he's making really bad decisions yeah he's roaming around mm-hmm. and he's like who can i mess with today who can i mess with now and again rather it's mm-hmm. a screw loose we don't know yet or if it's if it's maliciousness mm-hmm. and, and boredom and insecurity or whatever it doesn't matter if he is isolated and he's set up for success you're not going to have to deal with the problems that you're dealing with and it's just like a puppy okay think about a puppy puppies in the x-pen puppies in the crate because we don't want the dog to pee and poop on things we don't want the dog to chew Mm -hmm. on something and to get into stuff we don't want the dog to Mm -hmm. get into something that's going to ultimately hurt them so on and so on and so forth Mm -hmm. so what do we do we put them in this same thing with kids i have a baby it's the same exact thing Mm -hmm. we went to the beach you're here because there's seagulls and there's waves and there's hot sand and there's this and there's the sun and it's like you're in this area to keep you safe and until you can Mm -hmm. learn how to do shit on your own and to be an adult or whatever you're not going to come out of here and this is oh i don't doesn't matter. This is where you're staying. So that's what, so that's mm-hmm. exactly what it's like for a dog that you know is making bad decisions. Like, oh, I'm I'm always getting sunburned okay. and going to the hospital after, and I'm always stepping on hot sand, and I'm always this, that, and the other thing. Okay, well then this is where you're staying. Like, you have to put him into this corner or into this area in the house where he can't make mistakes, and then that way you know, like mm-hmm. clockwork, my dog is in this area where he's going to be safe. Nobody's going to go in there and mess with him and take him out, and your family or whoever you're living with can live their lives without worrying yeah. about what's going to happen. And then it takes the stress off of yeah. you because 
he doesn't have a mazalan. He's not confined to a small crate. So if you're working hours, long hours, if you're, you know, even going out for a run or taking a shower or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about that either because he's in this little area. And he also has, you know, okay. room to be a dog. It's fine. I mean, he's, again, he's a dog that's like your alternatives are to let him continue to make mistakes and then put him down. So it's like, okay, he's going to be fine in here, Mm -hmm. but that's what immediately what I would start doing. That's part of it. The other part is creating that routine and that, that obedience and that, and I call it structure as a general blank blanket, but it would be whatever, whatever you can do around your, I don't know your schedule. I don't know what you do, but whatever you can do around your schedule, Mm -hmm. that makes sense. That's what Mm -hmm. you would do. Um, You would, but you have to go out and start training as well, because in order to Mm -hmm. help a dog find its way and find its place, you have to go out and train. Where do Mm -hmm. I fit in? You know, it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. I I, I, I want to play soccer, but I don't know if I'm a defender. I don't know if I'm an offense. I don't know if I'm a midfielder. I don't know where I'm supposed to Mm -hmm. be. I'm like, okay, well, let's go practice. Let's see how you kick. Let's see how your defense is. Let's see how, you know, whatever the case is, that's exactly what you're doing with this dog is you're going to go out and you're going to find the missing pieces. It's exactly what I do with any Mm -hmm. dog that comes into my facility with a behavioral issue. It doesn't matter how big the spectrum is. I say, Let's go to the back room. Let's see you work with your dog because Mm -hmm. you working with your dog in front of me will help me gauge Mm -hmm. where you're at with this dog. So those are some things that you have to start doing is holding the dog accountable Mm -hmm. realistically to keep the dog, you know, into place. So when you're out and you're training, let's say in your backyard, I know you have the e-collar, but what else are you using? Uh, So we've, we've, he's also been like, he's, uh, we've used the uh, Herm Springer, we've used a prong before, but like we've transitioned like with the trainer. So what I've noticed previously, he was, su- he's like super skittish. So whenever he had the the prong on, he'd always be looking after his shoulder. And I'm like, maybe it's just annoying him. To- it was just while it was on. So we, we transitioned to the plastic pinch collar and that works, but like, the same problem still is happening. So the trainer's like, you know what, let's try it on the flat. And then he, re- he responds fairly well just on the flat collar but i still always have the pinch on me um so that's kind of and then he's have he has training with this quickly so a lot of the times if it's you know i'm like for a second i'm like okay you can go pee poo i'll take calls off and i'll let him go but i'll and then whenever i have to go out to grab him i'll put a slip on and that's how i you know bring him if we have to go to the car or like so he's trained on i've tried a lot like a lot of tools and I've worked with the trainer and it's been great I should also mention that I maybe it is just in the house because I was like you know what maybe let's try something else so I sent them to board with my trainer for two days mm-hmm. and there wasn't like an issue there so it's definitely just in the house and I did how would I realistically like so she, she's come over like to our house before multiple times like different training sessions mm-hmm. and we've, re- we've tried to recreate all of the, the, his triggers that I've seen and he just doesn't do it. In like your, come over your house? Like, yeah, in my house. We've had the yeah. trainer come over and it might just be, the first time I'm like, maybe it's just because it's new. But this is, and then I've had her come over like maybe six sessions later um, after he's already been boarded at her house so he knows her at this point. I've had her come back into my house to try to like recreate some of his triggers. Um, unsuccessful. He just did not care. Uh, so some. So again, this is it, it, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, um, 
It sure. could it could just be again like let's say you brought your dog to your train which you did you brought your dog to your trainer your trainer did a mm-hmm. reset re- reboot re- you know whatever I always call myself like the mm-hmm. strict uncle because a lot of the clients that I work with again mm-hmm. they have no they have, my clients come to me and say oh I have all these behavioral problems I say well you have no boundaries so your dog doesn't give a shit about you your dog doesn't mm-hmm. listen to you your dog doesn't respect yeah. you your dog doesn't look at you. I mean there's blah, 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 blah. so then I say okay I love yeah. you you're my little buddy we're gonna go for walks mm-hmm. but you're also gonna listen you're also gonna be held accountable you're also gonna be created and I just give the dog all this really wonderful stuff that helps them be mentally stable. And so sometimes when you're like, okay, you're going to go train. And then once my point is, is once the trainers around the dog's like, I'm good. Yep. I'm going to behave. It's And again, it's like having that one parent where we play good cop and bad cop, where mm-hmm. the dad or the mom is the enforcer. So they care that they'll, they'll yeah. hold the kid accountable. They'll mm-hmm. punish the kid to some degree. And then they're like, I'm good. And then when mom or dad are around and yeah. they're on the other end of the spectrum, they get away with what they want. They kick, they scream, they throw things, they mm-hmm. spit, they they yeah. talk back, they yell, they scream. And that's exactly how it goes. And that's exactly how it goes for mm-hmm. dogs, period. So if that's yeah. the case, you just have to make sure that when you're training with your dog, and again, you got to look at the variables to say, okay, if mm-hmm. I were to do this, that's what's going to help you big time. And, and, and again, anybody working mm-hmm. with, with reactive or aggressive dogs is try to mm-hmm. find the triggers and the variables because that'll help you isolate. It's like a doctor. Yeah. You're like, I'm trying to yeah. peel off all these layers to figure out exactly the reason mm-hmm. why these reactions are happening. So when your dog reacts to exhibit A and then you bring in a trainer and do the same thing as exhibit A and it doesn't happen, you go, what are you doing different than me? And it's like, well, this person has had this this very particular binary relationship with this dog of mm-hmm. structure of like, you know, we're not going to yeah. put up with any shit and I'm going to treat you right and we're going to be buddies, but this is the way things are going to go. Mm-hmm. And then if you're kind of thinking, well, because this is this usually happens in the beginning. The puppy's cute. We get the puppy. We do all the the bad stuff, or at least a combination of bad stuff mm-hmm. and good stuff. But that's where it happens too. Is mm-hmm. in the beginning. Again, this is why oh, dogs at six to eight months just boom. That's mm-hmm. this is when we see the most cases of dogs is when mm-hmm. they're cute. Dog owners just in general ignorantly don't understand that they can they need to start training actually the first week they get their dog but typically they just Mm -hmm. wait until there's a problem so that's one thing that you should really be looking at is what is different about my trainer Mm -hmm. being around because it because to me it's as serious as life or death this dog is going to be put down or not so Mm -hmm. you should be magnifying granularly what are you doing differently than your trainer has done in the past? And that will help you find exactly your answer. Yeah. And I would, okay. I would guess that it's, well, if they're, they, they actually hold me accountable for stuff and I'm not going to be bad around them because mm-hmm. they give a shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes to be honest with you, you th- their timing is better. So when you're, when I say that out loud, yeah. I want you to understand that you could be doing almost all the right things but maybe your timing's off. Mm-hmm. Like you've like, again, he yeah. goes after the, the, I think you said your brother coming down the stairs or whatever. And you, you don't, yeah, you it was, um, it was, um, yeah. So he, my brother he came downstairs and then he didn't run when he heard him coming down the stairs. Uh, he was in the living room and I'm like, Oh shit. He just came here. Cause I didn't hear, mm-hmm. I didn't hear my brother coming down. Koi was downstayed by me. I happened to put the remote collar down on the counter. While I was grabbing some of the fridge and then it just bolted towards them. So it, I can understand. I, I'm totally agreed where I'm like, if I had the 
the caller in my hand. I could have corrected it in the thing, and he wouldn't have done it. So that is mine. But, yeah, no, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just think... Where it's like, it's just timing. Yeah, I, I, I exactly. And that's that's where, again, like a trainer would say, mm-hmm. I'm going to set this scenario up. I'm going to say, hey, bro, come downstairs. And then I'm going to do this one or two times. And the mm-hmm. dog's going to say, oh, shit. Because, again, like Sheba's just, they're just, they're so relentless with being, they're like, they're so smart. They're like, I know exactly what yeah. you want. But if you aren't going to oh, do uh, anything, yeah. if you aren't going to do anything about it, I'm gangbusters on whatever i know what i'm doing is wrong and i know we've trained for this and i know we've practiced for this and i don't care what style of training you believe in or whatever there's just going to be certain dogs that are like screw you Mm -hmm. do something bud like i don't give a shit and so 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 again it's just opportunistic after you know one after another after another where they're pushing boundaries because again Mm -hmm. it's like you put the stake out you say leave it the dog's like "Mm," and then they just wait boom and they go after it you're like ah crap my timing was Mm -hmm. off because your correction was off if you corrected the dog at the right time it would so anyway Mm -hmm. so that's what i think again to to kind of recoup on what we've been saying i think that you should give the dog like hardly any freedom for the for the next Okay. For as long as you need to, to kind of reverse things. And then also just make sure okay. that you're limiting to what this dog can do. He's not earned, he's earned nothing. I mean, he's at a, you love your dog yeah. and your dog loves you. And he's yeah. at a point now where he's potentially going to die because we haven't mm-hmm. cut off the things that are potentially rolling him out into this disaster. So you just have to treat yeah. him like a robot. Like, Hey, you're, you're here and don't feel bad. That's what you don't. This is where dog yeah. owners are like. Well, I feel he's crying mm-hmm. a little bit, whining. Yeah, okay, or or, di- no, or no, dead. That's why. That's what. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. Yeah, I figured. I just, you know, it's just I I talk out loud about everything because I I have to give context about yeah, yeah. what we're talking about, and I think it's just mm-hmm. like I want you to understand. Like that's what I would. I'd be tough love, dude, because I do love you, and I do. It's, again, it's it's just the more my every day my son gets older, the more I can relate to what we're talking about. You know, they want mm-hmm. they want to stay out of past certain time. I'm like, no, it's dangerous. That's a bad time. Like, no, nope, 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 yeah. nope. And they cry and they just they, I feel bad. I know you want to eat my shoe, mm-hmm. but you can't because it's disgusting. So yeah. I'm taking it out of your mouth. So you just have to, you know, mm-hmm. stick to it. I would do that X pen and then I would be doing when you're out going back to my question of how we rabbit hole into this is the equipment, whatever you're using. So the slip yeah. collar is fine. Um, yeah. you know, plastic pinch would be a good medium before, for you. I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I, 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 I just mentioned that I did have the plastic pinch that we've uh, used that in the past. I, I thought you said you used the Herm Springer and it was. No, no, we've done, we've done both. So the Herm Springer, he was kind of like, kind of like fritzy with it so yeah. we got the plastic pinch and he's kind of so like fritzy with it where it's not like he responds well to it it's just like he's always looking over his shoulder back at back at the leash like it's not like it, it looks like it's <laughs> uncomfortable just it'd be it's so weird. how long it's did you like how long did you no, how long did you try the reason why i'm asking is because again yeah shiba's huskies these dogs are like mm, this is on yeah. my neck how long did you try to like push uh, through that uh, it was about a week. So every time it was on, like he responded well to it. It was just the fact that every two steps he's looking over his shoulder, not at me where it's not engagement, but it's looking over the shoulder because it's like, what the heck is this thing? Yeah. Like, it, but like when you have, it was the same thing with the Herm Springer when he had it on. So I, I tried that for 
I want to say a month, like just leaving it, mm-hmm. leaving it on just around to get them conditioned before I use it. And it was always just looking over the shoulder with both the tools. So it's like, I mean, I'm okay with putting it back on. I put it back on the other day to, because I, I knew my timing was going to be better with a plastic tent rather than e-collar when I'm training alongside dog just to get them yeah. neutral if we're walking by. So I put that on instead of any sort of correction with the e-collar at all. I'm like, the e-collar just for his recall because I can have him run halfway down the beach and then get him to come back in a yeah, normal, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just like in, in that realistic scenario. But like, well, that I'm like, so I've used that and I'm like, should I, I guess my only question is what kind of signs should I be looking for? I'm like, oh, okay, he's about to build because there's no growling, there's no nothing. Like, what other small things should I be looking at? So like, okay, I should pop them now or I should correct them now before it builds any further. I think that's where my main problem is. In what way? So when he's building before he reacts to other dogs or because other people? The, the, no, not, not, not to dogs. Just like when he just stands up because all he does is he'll bolt for something. There's no warning sign. There's not any, like, is there other small things that I should be looking for? No. Um, no. Nope. could be like, oh, he's about to, he's about to go, or should I correct once he lunges? And then I'll correct. Because my trainer in the past, like, oh, if you see him building, buzz him there. I'm like, there's some certain things where he's like, I'll do that and I can get him perfect timing. But there's uncertain things where I'm like, he'll just go. And like, at what point do I correct there? Because if there's no warning sign, there's no any. Well, I think it's just when he does what he's doing. It, it... <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So, like, okay. if he's in a downstay, and he, mm-hmm. you go to pick up a beach towel, whatever the heck, and yeah. mm-hmm. he's looking at a person to the left, and so you can't correct him for mm-hmm. looking because it's not really that fair. Because yeah. what do you? What have you trained him to stare down? No. So if if you got two options, you either mm-hmm. use obedience to avoid a situation. And de-escalate it. So again, like it's 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 a lot of de-escalation that we do with leash reactivity. And the dog is looking, yep. and you're like, okay, hey dog, come. And the dog's like, okay, and they come to you. So you may be de-escalation de-escalating the situation before something does happen, or you just hold okay. and you wait. Yeah. And if he goes again, okay. you're t- you're watching him, you're timing because again, like it doesn't matter how good your obedience is. I, I shouldn't say that. It yeah. does matter how good your obedience is, but there's still gonna be an opportunity where a dog isn't going to be a hundred, even my dog, like let's say again, she, yeah. I can control her 99.9% of the time. But what if she's in a downstay in my cul-de-sac and then a dog that I didn't see coming and I go into the garage to throw away something and the dog's, you know, running mm-hmm. and then, you know, whatever. I mean, there's things that you can't control or somebody comes up to try to pet him and there's a reaction or yeah. whatever. So mm-hmm. again, like you just have to a, Think of the situation and what it could be. And if you're like, okay, this could be bad because this person is approaching mm-hmm. us or whatever. But it sounds to yeah. me like you haven't had a really hard time being outside of your home. So I, so if it this was inside yeah, the home. Even with like, yeah. Yeah. Like when people are outside, I'm like, especially when we're outside, I'm like super aware of everything where it's like people are coming up. I'm like, Hey, we're training right now. Um, just don't, don't pet them, please. Like if they try to come up, I've had to, I've swatted hands, I've stepped in front, I'm, body blocks the other person trying to get the cork and I'm like I just you know what we're not going to have a situation outside because if he bites someone outside the house it's it's immediate like he'll be mm-hmm. taken away put down whatever so yeah. it's like that's always been you know but no I I don't know thank you for everything you know watched you 
before I even got Koi, we got him. We did your um, puppy course and everything, and it's been great. But, no, thank you for, I guess it is just, I guess just restarting the relationship. Yeah, well, I th- I think that you have a, first of all, I think that you have everything that it takes mentally to to be successful with the dog because I talk to a lot mm-hmm. of people and sometimes I can just tell it goes right over them. I'm like, okay, good luck. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. but I think that you, you have everything it takes to be successful with this dog, but just understand that this conversation mm-hmm. is a roadmap for you, not a solution. Yeah. So it's solutions. No, I totally agree. So when mm-hmm. you're, when you, when you start working with your, with, with him, you should be mm-hmm. like, personally, I would write out, okay, X pin in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, you know your schedule. I don't know what you do. So it's like, this yeah. is your schedule. This is how you would do it. And you'd yeah. roadmap the whole thing out and you'd plan and schedule the whole thing. And then <clears throat> that way, again, you can share it with your family to say, hey, this is the deal. And again, like you just keep yeah. him safe where you're like hey, inside the house with other people he's sketchy. Okay. Can we put him yeah. in an X pen and he'll, he can't get out and do it. Yes. Yeah. Boom. Done. No furniture. Okay. Uh, when you are going to be interacting with him, it's going to be something constructive. Like I'm not going to be, mm-hmm. cause again, like you see like the really bratty kids and the bully kids, you're like, Hey man, how are you today? And they're like, what do you mean? How I am I today? How are you today? Why would I, why would you be asking me that? They just, they're just assholes. Some of them are, they just want to yeah. fight with you, right? And sometimes dogs can get mm-hmm. into those moods or dogs can get into that state of mind okay. because, you know, whatever. But one of the, th- so again, like get say, hey, this is your leash. This is your collar. Good job. I got my treats. I got whatever you're motivated by. We're going to go out. We're going to work. You're going to come back. You're going to go back in. One thing that we haven't talked about, and I'll just touch on really briefly, mm-hmm. yeah. is physical exercise. So half of this yeah. battle of, of, outletting and training and everything else is going to be that physical mm-hmm. exercises. So you, yeah. you you just have to make sure that when the mental stimulation and rebuilding that relationship that way is great, but you also have to, the other big piece to that is, is making sure mm-hmm. that you are giving him the mental stimulation. So he's got to yep. get that out of the system. Mm-hmm. So lots of walks, exercise, fetch, frisbee, whatever he likes. I think, yeah, I think honestly that he has ample of, if not too much during the day. During the day, I just what's the right, what's the right, what's the right balance? Because yeah, it's in the morning we'll go out for two hours, and then during midday we'll go and we'll, you know, go so, for another hour, and in the night yeah. we'll like you know go out and then do more training, and it's like training and play. Well, we'll go to a park we'll play around and we'll do training and then we'll play again. And that's like, I don't think he's actually like, I don't me personally. I just don't think his physical and mental requirements, at least in, I honestly, I may be wrong, but I think like, I'm not, it's like, he's getting trained at intervals, like throughout the day. Yeah, I would. Yeah, that's good. I would be doing 10, 15 minute training sessions. And then I would be pretty much mm-hmm. pushing him to his physical limit, uh, on yep. another training session. So think about it like a fighter. Like you're going to go out, today's going to be cardio. Okay. Tomorrow's going to be okay. speed. Tomorrow, you know, whatever. So that's what you would do throughout the day is you'd say, okay, this session when you're out, is that's what I do with Lakota. When I'm out and okay. I, one session is going to be just chuck it and I'm going to go until she wants to flop and I'm not going to train because mm-hmm. they're two different things. And then maybe the next time I bring her yeah. out, it's going to be obedience and training and tug and things like that. 
So you just switch them up. Okay. But you, you, inter- you intermittently okay. do them throughout the day. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Fantastic. So put everything well, in the structure. Thank you. Yeah. Put everything to place. Yeah. Uh, keep us posted. And I think you'll be, I think you'll be fine. All right. Thank you so much, Tom. I appreciate all your help and I love your videos. You know, you're doing a great thank job you. and I think you're one of the best out there. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, man. I appreciate you. Good luck with everything. Keep me posted. Again, I think you can do everything. And remember, after this month of or two months or whatever, you're going to be putting this into place. The next step isn't euthanasia. The next step would be rehoming because okay. this dog only acts like this in the house. Everywhere else, this dog is fine. Okay. So there's something going on there. There's something there. So got it. Just think of that. Okay. Understood. Okay, man. Totally. All right. Thank you, Tom. All right. You're welcome. Bye. All right. You've reached the end of the podcast, which I'm going to answer your dog training questions. Uh, First one comes from Amanda54364. Hey, Tom. uh, Five-star review. Thank you. Thank you for all the information you put out there. You're doing an amazing job putting things into context. It has helped me realize what we did wrong in our previous dog and want to focus on and do things right with our future puppy. We're getting an eight-week-old German Shepherd. I'm a homeschooling mom, and I have three kids, seven, four, and two. My question is, is what do you recommend as a schedule for the first couple of weeks to build a relationship? Are there certain exercises or drills you can use to help the relationship, especially with kids involved? Um, it's a great question. Uh, appreciate you listening. Um, so a- as you listened in this podcast and in future podcasts and previous podcasts, don't wait for there to be problems. Don't wait for your German Shepherd to be 80 pounds and reactive. Uh, and I know you're not. It's good. It's a good thing. Good good piece of community uh, building here is we're all kind of like, it's a thing I'm really proud of the most is just, <clears throat> you know, we're all on the same page where it's like, it's not even... <laughs> It is my opinions and experiences, but it's also just you guys are hearing and seeing on my channel and especially here on the podcast is dog owner after dog owner after dog owner after dog owner times a thousand. This is what I did wrong. Here's what I'm dealing with. And it's like happens every time. So obviously learn from the mistakes of others. I think that that's really important. That's pretty much my job is to almost exploit like this is what they're doing. So don't do that. Here's how to do it right, which is really helpful. And so... I would just say, uh, starting off with leash pressure. So I just get like a martingale and a training leash and start off with like five little minute sessions on impulse control. Um, it's going to be really difficult in the beginning because the dogs, the puppy's going to be skating across the floor, trying to get the food and try to get the things and, um, whatever. And so you just work on impulse control with kibble or the bowl, um, you know, just with starting off with sit. Okay. Good sit. And then we're going to do sit and stay. Okay. Good sit and stay. And then you would just continue to kind of roll through the Kickstarter course would be great for you. Um, that's going to be huge. Actually, excuse me, actually for you guys, cause we started off with a puppy in that course and we just taught people like, Hey, here's the five things that you should start with. It also is a really nice blend of, uh, obedience mixed with, um, relationship building skills at the same time. So the Kickstarter course is great. Uh, all my courses are always in the link in the description. And then again, just like five minute sessions, working on thresholds, working on break, working on healing. Don't wait, uh, get a martingale, get a leash, start training immediately. And the schedule should just be throughout the day when you have time. <clears throat> the crate training schedule should be also in place as well as the X-Pen. Um, I might put together like some sort of mini free course on how to do that, but that's that would be really helpful for you guys is just um, crate training, 
and X-penning to make sure that the dog is safe. Um, so when you're crate training, it would be the, so just time it. Like the dog eats and drinks, they're going to have to pee and poop immediately. So as the dog grows up, they can hold it for longer periods of time. Um, so just make sure your schedule is appropriate and set your dog up for success. Don't, if you, if your dog, if you bring your dog outside and they don't pee and poop, don't come back inside until they do one or the other. And then you bring them back in and then in 15 minutes, you bring them back or 20 minutes, you bring them back out and you just, that's what I do with puppies is I will schedule their food. So in the morning they'll get, I limit their water. I obviously limit their food to training. Um, and so once I'm done training, I'll give them water. I'll put them in the crate for 15 minutes. I'll get them out. I'll let them, I'll go for a short little walk around the block and then they'll go pee and poop. And then we come back in and then they create again and then they rest. So you have to transfer. I'm sorry. You have to, mm, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, but you have to do a little bit of rest time cause it's a baby. You have to do a little bit of training. You have to do uh, also training with the crate and the X-Pen to make sure that the dog is successful for potty training because when they're a puppy, you have to do everything at once, relationship, obedience training, potty training, all that stuff. Um, and then by the dog's five to six months, all the training will be done. Your dog will be happy and trained and you will be happy with the trained dog and then the rest of the life is history you know, everything's good. So just remember all those things. Uh, again, the Kickstarter course would be really helpful. And then I'm thinking about doing maybe, I don't know, nobody really, I shouldn't say nobody, but not a lot of people in my community, it seems like the puppy stuff. Um, cause I've just curated a big audience of behavioral stuff, which is fine. It's what I specialize in. I shouldn't be curating a bunch of puppy stuff, but anyway, so that's my answer on that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the review. Excuse me. Next question comes from Brendan K. Weaver. Mm, Five-star review. Hey, I have a six-month-old German Shepherd, and I've been listening to you since she was seven weeks old. Your tips and suggestions have helped more than I can put into text. She is 60 pounds already and is supposed to be so supposed to be big, and I've, all, and I've been super hard on training since the day she came into me and my girlfriend's house because I refuse to to have a large obedient dog. She is not reactive to humans at all, uh, just to dogs a little bit. I may have over-socialized her, and now I feel like the root of this is she expects to be able to play with dogs that she sees. I think this is because a couple, a couple of times they were off-leash dogs, and when they got to us, she just played, and it never was aggressive. Normally, when the other dog is leashed, she will sit there and bark hard and continuously look back and forth between me and the dog. If it's on a walk, she will stay in a heel while doing it. Uh, and if it's in public space, I can tell her to sit or lay and she will stay. But I, can, I can't I can get the barking to stop. Is there a way to fix this? Am I being too hard? I've been told by a lot of people she's just being a puppy and it's not big of a deal. Um, I would partially agree. Six months old is old enough to understand between right and wrong. Um, so I would be – I mean, yes – um, the dog is a puppy and you, you just, I would be avoiding, if you're not going to let them play and you're not going to let them interact, which, you know, for most dogs that you see, especially dogs, you don't know, it's probably all of them because you don't want anything bad to happen because the amount of story, that's a good thing about the podcast is you're going to hear all the data being collected, being collected over and over again about things that happen in dog parks and things that happen with off leash dogs. And so I would just say, um, you can work on the correction on the leave it. 
uh, work on your payment. So with a puppy at six months, the dog should be food motivated. Um, and then it's, it's also safe and fair to correct the dog if they're doing things inappropriately. Um, so if they're like, bark, 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 when they see another dog, leave it, correction, turn, inside turn, go away, come back, put the dog in a sit, pay the dog if they don't bark and just kind of wheel and deal that routine there. Um, and then if it is a dog that they're going to play with and be friendly with, you just break the dog and then let it happen. So I don't think it's being too, like if the question is, is am I being too hard on my dog for not letting them play with every other dog they see? No, cause that's not realistic and it's not safe, but, um, you could correct your, I mean, is it appropriate for a dog to habitually bark on leash towards other dogs? No. Um, your dog to be stimulated, your dog to be vocal. Yes, but not sit there and ruin your day because your dog is barking. Um, so I would be countering, uh, my leash reactivity course should be done by the end of this month. Um, so that's going to be my number one course that I'll be pushing people to because it covers the majority of my questions that I have. So, um, next one comes from Jay her 47 best realistic dog trainer, five-star review. Thank you. Hey, Tom, I've been watching your videos and listening to your podcast for almost two years. You've educated me so much and opened my eyes to the reality of pet owners and the issues on dog behavior, but I don't have my own dog yet, but I'm taking lots of notes because I will be owning a dog with reactivity issues. So short story, my sister owns three dogs, a seven-year-old rescue, two-year-old litter mate, Great Danes. One of the Danes is a neutered male and has really bad resource guarding of my sister. And whenever she gives affection to the older dog or the other dog, but not the little sister mate. There's been fights, bite history from both the male Dane and older dog because the male Dane has an issue with the older dog and the older dog only attacks back to protect herself. I honestly think he doesn't consider the older dog as his pack and that's why he attacks her randomly sometimes. But the older dog also doesn't like other dogs. Um, in my sister's house, she doesn't have any boundaries or obedience on the dog. So coming to her house is a total nightmare. Yup. You get three mini horses living together with no obedience or boundaries. No, thank you. All the three dogs have not been together for a little, all the three dogs have not been together for a little over a year and helping my sister with these dogs has not been great. So my question is, since I'll be owning one of the dogs, the male Dane, he doesn't get along with older dogs or his, but his sister is fine with the older dog. Can I have a closer relationship with him since I'll be taking him eventually when I get my own place? Or will that make the older dog jealous, frustrated because I'll be paying more attention to the other dog and not all of them? I'm confused. Are you living together with your sister? Let me just rewind um, to the question. All right. So my question is, since I'll be owning one of the dogs, the male Dane, since he doesn't get along with the older dog, but his sister is fine with the older dog. Okay, so there's two Danes. One of them doesn't get along with the older dog. One of them does. You're taking the one that doesn't get along with the older dog. Can I have a closer relationship with him since I'll be taking him eventually when I get my own place? Yeah. Closer relationship than what? I don't. That's what I don't understand. Can I have a closer relationship with him since I'll be taking the dog? Yeah. Or will that make the other dogs jealous and frustrated because I'll be paying more attention to the other and not all of them? I'm confused by this because if you're, unless you're living together, I'm confused. So what you're asking is, is if you're taking a dog out of the house and they're not going to see each other again, I don't understand how 
the other dogs could be jealous or frustrated that you're giving a dog in a different location attention. How would they care? How would they know? I don't understand that. Um, so I'm confused on that because that's I'm reading it a couple times and that's the way it's written. I'll be, t- I'll be taking this dog into my own place. Will that make the other dogs jealous and frustrated because I'll be paying more attention to the other dog and not all of them? I'm just conf- I'm so confused by that. So if you want to rewrite this, I'd love to help you. But right now, if you reread what you wrote, and I'm not saying that I'm right, and I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying I don't. From what you read, I don't. I don't understand this. You taking a dog to another location in another house is not going to affect. If you're petting your dog in your house. The other dogs in another house and another property is not going to know that that's happening or give a shit. So that's my answer of how this question is actually written. Uh, I'd love to help them, but it's very overwhelming when all three dogs have their own individual issues. So what can I do to help the situation? I do want to note that the litter mates have very bad litter mate syndrome and they coexist without each other and not my sister because no boundaries. Yeah. So if you want to rewrite this, um, just to the question, just to the question, it'll be really easy for me to answer. Um, I just, from where it's written, the way that you wrote it, it says, once I remove the Dane that has a problem with the other older dog from the equation to my own house, is the, are the other dogs going to get pissed that I'm giving my new dog attention in another home? No, not going to care. Not going to even know. So if you want to rewrite it to maybe something that is a different question or maybe what you meant, I'd be happy to help you. Thank you guys so much for listening as always. And I look forward to you listening to my next podcast because it's a good one. All right, bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.